this podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. The right place isn't necessarily a place. The right place is living for God. Because when you're living for God, everything's going to make it right. And so many times we think the right place may be over here or over there. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 says there's a, a season for everything. And so when we talk about a season, there's a beginning and there's an end. And so don't quit. Don't quit on the things of God in your life. Okay? Many times we, we want to quit on the things of God because they're not happening in our, on our timetable. But God, don't you? Yeah, God sees. Or even on the flip side, a lot of times we quit when things get real hard. I've been there before, guys, in my life. Man, I get mad at God. God, do you not see what's going on? But really the things of God isn't about me getting over here and doing what I want. The things of God are on the inside of me. When I start living by faith and, and believing God, actually Romans one seventeen says, The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. The just shall be in a place where we trust God, okay? And I believe this, many of our struggles as believers is because of lack of faith. And many times, guys, we're not being taught faith anymore. We've got to understand what the Word of God says. Actually, in Hebrews 4, it talks about that the Word of God did not profit profit them at all because they didn't mix it with faith. Okay, so what you're going to hear the, the, this morning, the Word of God, you're going to have to mix it with faith, guys. You're going to have to believe God, that, that God's going to speak to my heart, and the Word of God is going to become alive in you. It's going to become real in you. Actually, the Word of God is, is sharper than any two-edged sword. And so let's let the Word of God teach us this morning. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. But without faith... It's impossible to please Him. It's impossible. It didn't say without praying and singing, and I'm not downplaying those, but when we talk about right here to please God, it says without faith, it's impossible. So that's the ingredient. The key ingredient to please God is understanding faith. Now, this is where we got to not only be taught faith, we got to learn to live by faith. What is faith really about? Well, faith comes down to believe in this book. Where I allow this book to, to guide my life and I let it get on the inside of me. And how does faith begin to work? Well, Romans ten seventeen says faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the more you hear the word of God, it is creating faith within you. Faith come by hearing and hearing. And hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing. And guess what happens? That begins to take root in you. And before long, that seed gives birth. How does some of that take place, guys? Well, in, in Mark eleven twenty three, it says, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain. There are times in our lives, guys, we've got to speak the word of God to the mountains of our life, and i got to speak it by faith. Continue to speak it, continue to speak it. Now, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God 
must, must, must what? Must believe. I want you to highlight that word in your Bible. Must. And so you know what that tells me? In order to please God, guys, faith is not an option. Faith is a necessity. It isn't just coming to church, which is a good thing, but it's learning to live by faith. Matthew 10, or not Matthew, Romans 10, chapter, 8, or chapter 10, verse 8 says, The Word of God is near you, in your mouth and your heart. That is the Word of faith that we preach. Now, you don't have to come to God. None of us in this room have to come to God. You don't ever have to come to God. But if you want to come to God and you make the decision to come to God, you must come by faith, okay? That's how important and significant this is. And so it's just not the little things that we do. It's learning to to live by faith on a daily basis. To begin to trust God and believe God. And so he says, he must come to God and believe that he is, that he exists, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now this right here, guys, will put a confidence in you. That God is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. Not half-heartedly. Those who really, really, really go after him. This is big right now that we get this on the inside of us and start living this way. To stir up faith. Now, this is, the, this is the theme. This is the word of the entire New Testament. You can go back and you can look at Jesus over and over in his life. And what was he after? He looked for faith. Where's that at, Pastor? Mark 5 with the woman of the issue of blood who had the infirmity in her body. Jesus said to her, Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Thy faith. So he was telling right here, you want to walk in divine health? Get a hold of faith. Start believing me in that area. He said to the centurion, he said, I haven't found such great faith in all of Israel. So once again, Jesus wasn't moved by circumstances. If Jesus was moved by our circumstances, he had already taken care of everything. Now, you know what moved Jesus? Faith. And if you went back to Mark 5 and looked in the passage with the woman of the issue of blood, he sensed virtue go out of him. You know what that means? He sensed power go out of him. And he said to his disciples, who touched me? And they said, Jesus, everybody around just touching you. Why would you ask that? You know why? Because he realized someone's faith put a demand on him. It's the same right now. The same thing, okay? So we gotta we gotta get a hold of this. Turn back a couple pages of Hebrews chapter ten. Hebrews chapter ten. I'll tell you right now, guys, this is the way you'll get to the right place in your life. Learn to live by faith, okay? Learn to trust the word of God. Hebrews ten, verse thirty five. Therefore, Do not cast away your confidence. Now, I don't believe he would have warned us here that we could cast away our confidence if that wasn't a possibility. He's telling you, don't cast away your confidence. 
You know what my confidence is in? Not Wall Street. My confidence is not in the CBS Evening News. You watch that junk, it's going to get you messed up, okay? This thing right here is where my confidence is. You know what God will do? He'll do exactly and precisely what he'll said he'll do. So he says, don't cast away your confidence. Why? It has great reward. What does that mean? I just got to keep believing God. And I got to keep believing God. And I, I can honestly tell you guys, there were times in my life that I looked so much toward a position or another job that, man, I would get rocked. Where the Lord would just begin to deal with my heart and say, if you'll just learn to live for me, just learn to walk by faith and trust me, your life is going to be so much better. Where you begin to live by faith on a daily basis. Once again, guys, it's not about where I'm at. It's about just living for God. Verse 36. For you have need of endurance. Now, many times when we look at the Bible, guys, you find out over and over, the, the Bible talks about endurance. Run the race that's set before you. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher. But that race, guys, is not a, a sprint. It's not a hundred meters. It's a marathon. Now, when you look at that word endurance right there, some of the words that describe endurance, and this may locate you, the word endurance means steadfast, to persevere, to bear up under difficult circumstances, to actively resist weariness, to actively resist defeat. That's what that word endurance means. Now, I don't need a show of hands, but how many of us need a steadfast right now to say, you know what? I'm going to hold fast. Actually, King David said in Psalm 40, verse 1, he said, my, my soul waits patiently for the Lord. How many of you need a dose of perseverance today? How many of you are, are under some crazy circumstances right now? And even we got to, to not grow weary in, in, in being defeated. This is some of the definitions of endurance. For you have need endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Now note on there a couple of things. He said, after you've done the will of God. After. And you know what the will of God is? It's the Word of God. You want to know what God's will is? Just look in His Word and you see what His Word says. You'll understand the will of God. Right here. He gives us some insight. And I've got, to keep, I've got to keep listening to the Word of God. I've got to keep studying. But ultimately, that's where my confidence will arise. This is what the book says. This is what God said. Keep reading. Verse 37. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now, the just shall live by faith. That doesn't mean just on Sundays, guys. The just shall live by faith. So this is what this means to me more and more. That this is who I am on Sunday morning. This is who I am while I'm at home. This is who I am at work. Because many times, who we are on Sunday morning is not who we are at home. Who we are on 
on Sunday morning many times, that's not who we are at work. But the, Lord, the just shall live by faith. Day by day by day. Verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, the message says if anybody cuts and runs, turns, my soul has no pleasure in him. My soul has no pleasure. So you know what he's saying? Hang in there. Keep serving me day by day by day. Verse 39. But we are not those who draw back to perdition. You know what the word perdition means? Destruction. We're not those who draw back to destruction. In my own life, guys, before I gave my heart to Jesus, the path of my life was destruction. I've lived on that arena before. I saw everything it did to me. And you know what? If I sit up here and tell all of you about my past sin and my mistakes, and it causes some of you to say, man, I don't want to go that way. Praise the Lord. Because I'm going to tell you, I don't want many of you to experience some of the stuff I've experienced. Even at 52, guys, I'm still having to battle some things that I opened up into my life. You know what a scripture for that is? 2 Timothy 2.22. And I got all these young ones over here. You know what 2 Timothy 2.22 says? Flee youthful lusts. I can stand before you and say, I didn't flee youthful lusts. And so what you open the door to in your teenage years, you're going to have to overcome them sooner or later, or they're going to overcome you. I wish I would have heard these things. I opened myself up to so much junk in my teenage years. And I had good parents. Just because you have good parents doesn't mean you're going to turn out good. But when I start living for Jesus, and something starts happening on the inside of me, we do not draw back to perdition or destruction, but those who believe to the saving of the soul, those who believe, those who get over in faith. So the key is here, guys, I've got to keep serving God. I've got to keep living for God. And man, it rises up on the inside of me to say, I'm going to live by faith. I'm going to serve God by faith. I would rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat setter. You know what that means? I would rather get out of the boat. Remember what Jesus said to Peter? He said, Pete, come on out and walk on the water. You know, to walk on the water, it's going to cost some faith. You don't have to trust Him in ways. But all oh, the blessings, the reward, I said, I'm going to live by faith. I'm going to be a doer of the Word, not a hero. And now, same chapter, I mean, same book, turn back to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews 6, and I'm going to give you one more here, just to stir up some things of faith on the inside. Hebrews 6, verse 9. But, beloved, we are confident of better things. Not worse things, better things. Yes, things that accompany salvation, even though we speak in this manner. I'm going to tell you guys, when you get born again, there's some things that accompany salvation. And when you have that confidence and you say, you know what? I can live in peace. I don't have to be dominated by sin. These are some of the things that accompany salvation. 
oh, there's a joy that comes too. Verse 10, For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love which you have shown toward his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence or intensity to the full assurance of hope until the end. Until the end. You know what that means? I gotta keep going. I gotta keep going. I got to actively resist weariness. Verse 12. That you do not become sluggish or lazy, but imitate those through what? Who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Absolute trust and confidence, they stay the course. And so once again, It'll happen, but don't get frustrated if it doesn't happen on your timetable. Keep believing God, keep seeking God, and keep living by the Word of God. Now, when we look at Scripture, we can find people who didn't keep seeking God, and we can find ones who did. You look at the Israelites, guys, they never entered the promised land the right place because they quit obeying and believing God. But you can go back and look at the man named Joseph. Joseph reached that right place, and guess what happened on his journey? He did things that were popular with God, but unpopular with man. And you can do things that will be popular with man, but unpopular with God. And you won't get there. And so I've got to begin to look at these ones that succeeded in life, and look at the Josephs and say, man, he kept going. And he kept going. He had that great dream, and some of you have had dreams. Thirteen years, guys, he kept serving God. And I believe because the way he served God, the kingdom was in his heart. The kingdom was not necessarily where he was at at the moment. The kingdom was in his heart. Serving God. I'm going to serve God. Now go with me to the book of, of Ruth, chapter 1. Ruth chapter 1, where is Ruth? Well, once again, I'll give you my way of finding it. Why did Joshua judge Ruth? That's where it's at. Joshua, then Judges, then Ruth. Ruth is four books, four chapters. I encourage you to read it. We're going to be in Ruth the next few weeks just a little bit because this is so awesome. Now, if, if I said to find the right place, to me the answer to that is living for God. If I'm living for God, I'm going to be in the right place. He's going to take care of me. He's going to bless me and he's going to favor me. But many times if we ask each other to define the right place, we would define the right place would be about a particular job. That would be the right place for me. Or maybe a home, your dream of, a dream vacation. But in, in reality, when we start doing that, we're just talking about our state of affairs or a level of, of commitment. We're not talking about something that's within us. Now, the reason I believe the right place has to do with what's in your heart, but also your choices, Deuteronomy 30, 19 says this, I set before you today life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life. When I choose life and when I choose blessings, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be in the right place. When I choose death and cursing, it's going to be in the wrong place. So once again, 
It's what I choose. Over and over and over. What are you choosing? What are you choosing? This passage is, is about Ruth here, guys. And when I look at Ruth's life, a lot of those words that we described with the words endurance, that's Ruth to a T. She was steadfast. She persevered. She had to bear up against difficult circumstances. She had to actively resist weariness and defeat. So that's why I begin to look at this woman's life. Now let's study this, this chapter here a little bit. I believe it's going to help you this morning. Ruth chapter 1, verse 1. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. It wasn't good, guys. The things in Bethlehem were not good. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to dwell in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his, his two sons. I'm going to give you a brief history lesson on this place called Moab. Moab was birthed from a man named Lot and his daughters. The descendants of Moab were birthed out of an incest relationship. So if you were going to move to Moab, and you told your neighbors, we're moving to Moab, you know what their response would be? You're moving where? You would go to Moab. was that bad. So it shows me how bad it was in Bethlehem at this time. Verse 2. The name of the man was Elimelech. The name of his wife was Naomi, and his sons were Malan and Chilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to the country of Moab and remained there. Then Imelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left and her two sons. She moves there, and oh, Imelech, he paws up, he's dead. Not a good start. Verse number four. Now, they took wives of women of Moab. The name of one was Orpah, not Oprah, Orpah. And the name of the other was Ruth, and they they dwelt there about ten years. Then both Malan and Chilion also died, so the woman survived her two sons and her husband. What a wonderful ten years for old Naomi, huh? Now what you find out in life with every one of us, when tragedy or difficult start happening in our lives, those tragedies will either do one of two things. They'll either draw you closer to God, or they'll draw you farther away from God. Let me ask you right now, are you going through some difficulties right now? Does it cause you to want to seek God, to want to call out on God? Or are you running from God? And most people that begin to run from God, they, they live a life of, I want you to feel sorry for me. Feel sorry for me. That's what I love about Ruth. She never wanted anybody to feel sorry for her. Verse 6. Then she arose, talking about Naomi, with her daughter-in-laws, that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard the country of Moab, that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. So she'd been over Moab ten years. She hears that, hey, God is blessing Bethlehem. Actually, the the word Bethlehem means bread, the bread. And so she hears that, so she says, man, i got to get back to Bethlehem, verse 7. Therefore she went out from the place where she was, her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went on their way to return to the land of Judah. And Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go return each to her mother's house. 
The Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grants you that you might find rest each in the house of her husband. So she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. Now what this means here is Naomi went to, to Orpah and Ruth and said, Listen, I release both of you. Go home. Go back and stay in Moab and follow your dreams. Find your new future, okay? But this is where it starts getting good. Verse 10. And they, both of them, said to her, Surely we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go. For I am too old to have a husband. If I should have hope, if I should have a husband tonight and should also bear sons, would you wait for them till they were grown? Would you restrain yourself from having husbands? No, my daughters. For it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. And that's the way she viewed stuff. But really, when you look at this, she really didn't know the nature of God, okay? Keep going. Verse 14. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. Now, right there in that verse is going to tell you a few things. There's two different types of people. There's kissers and there's cleavers. The kissers, I believe, are absorbed with themselves. It's all about me. The cleaver is absorbed with servanthood. I want to serve. The kisser's thought is, what can God do for me? The cleaver says, what can I do for God? The kisser is led by their flesh and convenience. I'll do things when it's convenient for me, but the cleaver says, I'm going to follow my heart, and I'm going to stay strong, and I'm going to do what's right for the kingdom of God. And so through here in Scripture, you'll begin to see stuff, the difference between both of those ladies. And so when Oprah kissed her mother-in-law, she really bid farewell to her future. I believe from this point on, Oprah's motto was, what if? What if? How about you? I want to live a what if life. What if I'd have done this? What if? Once again, if if and buts were candy and nuts, what a Merry Christmas we'd have. I can't live by ifs, guys. I've got to live for the kingdom of God. Now, you're going to get a real quick picture here of Ruth's heart. Right, let me read verse 15 before I jump ahead. And she said, look at your sister-in-law who has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. You know what this represents? Orpah went back to her past. She went back to bad memories, pain, and sorrow. Once again, I've been there. I don't want to go back to that life. That's what she did. On the flip side now, let's look at Ruth, starting in verse 16. But Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you or turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God will be my God. Now, when she said this, guys, this wasn't out of a bunch of emotions. She didn't just say this emotionally. 
I believe the more I look at her life, this was her statement of faith. This was her confidence that she understood the nature of Yahweh. And she said this with a confidence. Now look what she goes on to say. Speaking to Naomi, where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. Do you know what she's saying? I'm in for the long haul. And she invokes here an oath or a vow. And her mouth starts speaking exactly as how she's going to live. I mean, this woman started speaking with the mouth of faith. And she said, this is what's going to happen. I mean, this is powerful for us, guys. I've got to start speaking with, with the, the heart of God in mind. Verse 18. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. See, this woman was determined. I like to look at her, and you know what I think? This was a woman who had bulldog faith. You know what bulldog faith is? They latch, let, they latch down on that, and they don't let go. And they hang on, and they hang on, and they hang on, and that's where some of us got to get. Actually, not some of us, all of us, to say, this is what God's Word says. I'm going to live by that. I'm going to latch on that. Verse 19. Now the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem. And it happened when they'd come to Bethlehem that all the city was excited because of them. And the women said, is this Naomi? Now the only thing that separated Bethlehem from Moab was the Jordan River. And to cross that Jordan River, it took great faith for Ruth. And the reason I said that is because she had to leave, leave her past. She had to, wait, to leave the way of life that she had always known. Same as many of us, guys. I've got to leave that way of life. That all it does is causes issues. She had to leave her family, and she had to leave her friends. Took great faith. And you know why she had to do all that? It's because none of it was good in her life. And that's what happens a lot of times with us. To live for God. Some of you are going to have to leave those friends. You don't have to show me your hands. But how many of you got friends? Man, they just pull you down. They pull you down. You want to look at your future? Just look at who you run with. Do you say, oh, happy day, or you say, oh, my gosh? Just look at that. And so this was very important for Ruth, guys, because she understood to cross the Jordan River. She had to go by faith. But she's on her journey to the right place. And Ruth knew to live in God's perfect will, and under the direction of God, she had to step out by faith. And throughout the Bible, guys, you'll find men and women who had to step out by faith. Whether it was Abraham, David, Joseph, or even Ruth, they all had to step out by faith. And when you step out by faith, guys, it may not be very popular. In Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14, Jesus said this. There's two roads. There's a wide road that many are on, 
but it leads to destruction. There's a narrow road that only a few on, but it leads to life. Now, I want to highlight that word few. You know what that shows me once again? I can't live by what's popular with people. I've got to live with what's popular by God. The second thing is that when you cross the Jordan River, guys, it can be difficult. It can be trying. Understand, just because you're serving God and you got born again, you're not going to live on the yellow brick road. There's going to be some obstacles you're going to face. Ask the young man named Joseph. That he's got this great dream, but the difficulty he experienced was his brothers wanted to kill him. He ended up being a slave. He ended up being in prison. But guess what? He kept serving God. And his right place, guys, wasn't where he was at. His right place was in his heart. And the last thing I want you to see, guys, there is not only is it unpopular and it's going to be difficult, but there's going to be times it's going to be lonely. It's okay. There may be a season in your life where you don't have a lot of friends. It's okay. I promise you, when you start serving God, God will bring you some friends. And you know what these friends will do? They'll grab your hand and they'll say, let's pray in the name of Jesus. They'll speak encouragement over you. They won't go out and buy you a bottle of Jack Daniels and say, let's drown our sorrows. I've been there and that doesn't do a bit of good. You know, wreck when I said there in, in Matthew 7, Jesus said, this is the way that leads to life. We've got to get a hold of this, guys. And so when you look at Ruth's life here, guys, in order to step out into new dreams and new blessings, you're going to have to go without knowing. What do you mean, Pastor? There's going to be times that you're just going to have to live by faith and trust God. And where I get that, guys, in Genesis 12, when God told Abraham, he said, you got to go. He said, get out of your father's house and get away from all your family and go. Go follow me. And this is exactly what Ruth had to do. But it's the way we follow our dreams and we follow the kingdom of God. And I love this journey called faith. To keep seeking God. But I must cross the Jordan. I must. i got to get away from certain things. Now here's the question today for each one of us. Are you going to kiss or are you going to cleave? You know what a kisser is? He's one that just wants to date Jesus. Just come around Jesus when it's convenient. And when I get what I want from you, I'm just going to send you home. But you know what a cleaver is? He's one that says, I'm married to you, Jesus. And you know what that means when you're married? It's 24-7. Shelly can never get away from me. She's got me whether she wants me or not. See, this is how we've got to get with Jesus. Where I want to cleave to Him. I want to cling to Him every day and say, Lord, come into my heart. 
Live right through me. And I want to be a, a man or a, a, a woman of God. And once again, guys, the right place is really the journey of faith. Where you just begin to step out and say, I'm going to serve God. You know, there was years of my life, even when I was born again, that I lived discontented because I thought my happiness was out of place. You know what the place was? Well, a different job. It's different things. But when I became content in just serving God and saying, Lord, I'm going to start living for you every day of my life. And I said this out of my mouth. Even if I have to work at that utility company the rest of my life, I'm going to do it and be content. And even if i got to serve in my brother's church for another 20 years, I'm going to do it with a good, good and passionate heart. And when I begin to live that way, just to say, oh, Father God, I enjoy today. I'm going to serve you today. Guess what? The doors of opportunity begin to open. And as I live by faith each day, God started directing me. God will do the same for you. But it comes being content. I look at Joseph. It wasn't a lot of fun being in prison or being a slave. But you know what I do believe? He was like, Lord, if this is where you got me right now, I'm going to live content. If I'm going to be a I'm going to be the best slave here. If I'm going to be a prisoner, I'm going to be the best prisoner here. The wardens and the guards, they're going to love me. Because I'm going to serve God. And you look in his life. It wasn't long after that that God began to order his steps. What's the areas of your life right now that you say, man, I'm discontented. I'm on it. Let faith arise. Let this stir you back up on the inside. Stand up with me here this morning. Oh, Father God, we're going to trust you. We're going to trust you, Father God. See, all the days that I belly ate and said, Lord, get me out of here. I don't like this. You know what God will do? He'll keep you right there until you change your heart. Start living for Him. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.